Hello, everybody. This is Gerald Salenti, and here we are one day after Independence Day, July 4th, or what used to be Independence Day. And we have with us a man who really knows about the true meaning of independence and what the founding fathers of the United States believed in with a thing called, first it began with the Declaration of Independence, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. And now happiness is a dirty word, as is life and liberty. And um, a man that knows the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and I'll say it, I say it over and over again, I'll put him up against anybody in America or around the world to really talk about the truth of what the founding fathers believed in and what they fought for. And judge, it's one day after Independence Day. Thank you for being here. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, uh, Gerald. Independence Day, of course, marks the beginning of the last just and moral war that Americans fought, which was a war to secede from a tyrant, King George III. Yep. And as you said, the last war, how many we we fought since then? Oh, God. Probably, if you count all of them, well into the hundreds. Most people could only name a half dozen uh, or so. But they were all wars uh, of opportunity or wars uh, of empire. Uh, the only moral one was the revolution. Yep. And again, look what they did to the the Native Americans, you know, how they slaughtered, what, about 13 million of them or something? Right. And and violated every agreement that they made with them. Right. So you have an article about Independence Day 2023, and this opening line is really says it great. Quote, which is better to re to be ruled by one tyrant 3,000 miles away or by 3,000 tyrants one mile away. And this is Reverend Mather Biles, 1706. He lived to 1788. So he was a loyalist in in, uh, Britain. He didn't fight with the king or against the American militias or against Washington. He was just warning about the dangers of too much democracy. It was almost prescient because within 15 years of that line, the following line would come out of the mouth of the author of the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson. When the public learns that the public treasury has become a public trough they will only send to the government people who prom- promise to bring home the biggest piece of the pie. Yeah. So what Blyes was saying, uh, a, a not well-known uh, preacher with a very famous uncle, Cotton Mather, uh, in, in the uh, New England uh, uh, Protestant evangelical circuit at the time, what he was saying was, uh, which is worse for human liberty? to be ruled by one tyrant or to be ruled by the tyranny of the majority. Because once the majority finds out that they can take liberty and property from the haves and give it to the have-nots, they will continue to do so under all types of guises uh, and deceptions. And that, of course, is exactly what we have today. What are you talking about? Hey, I'm the governor of um, New Jersey. I'm the governor of New York. I'm the governor of California. Close down your business. Get back in your house. Get out of school and go home. 
Oh, is that the tyrants he was talking about? Those are the popularly elected tyrants. And because we have voted for them, although you and I didn't vote for any of those yeah. that you just mentioned, but because a majority of those who voted, voted for them, there is an aura of authenticity to their tyranny. So which is worse, uh, the tyranny of the majority or the tyranny of a madman? At some point, a madman sleeps. At some point, his, his cupidity and his avariciousness is fulfilled. But the tyranny of the majority never ceases. The majority always wants more and more and more from the haves to give to the have-nots because by getting the have-nots to rely on the largesse of the government, they get the votes of the have-nots and they stay in office. And that's really their principal goal is to stay in power. Well, I would say it's both sides because you have the power of the one too. Hey, I'm little Georgie Bush. My daddy was George Bush. My grandpa, my granddaddy was Prescott Bush. I'm the president of the United States. We're going to get that guy Osama bin Laden dead or alive. I want that guy Assad out of there. Always has a Nobel Peace of Crap Prize winner, Barack Obama. I want that well, guy Gaddafi out of there. The Congress, uh, because it's, it's, but it's the one that's, that's doing it as well. They've given them correct. We got both. We got tyranny from the top and the and and the bottom. You're exactly right because the Congress doesn't give a damn about the Constitution, and the Congress is afraid of uh, being voted out of office if they do if they make hard choices. So they slowly cede away their power. Uh, to the president. The War Powers Resolution, which I wrote back last week, lets the president fight any war he wants without a declaration of war from the president. It's profoundly unconstitutional. The Supreme Court has ruled right on point that Congress can't give away its authority to another branch any more than the president could give his away being commander in chief of the military to the to the Supreme Court. It just simply can't be done. But Congress does it and gets away with it. And Congress has turned the president into a prince, whether you take uh, Barack Obama or George W. Bush or go all the way back to uh, FDR, who signed an executive order saying, surrender your gold. Give, give us your gold. Yeah. I just ordered it. And people began to turn in their gold until somebody said to FDR, well, you can't order it. You got to pay for it. Or give us your gold for $25 an ounce. And what did the feds do with it? They sold it for $35 an ounce. Yep. I mean, this is just tyranny at the highest sort because the Congress has permitted it and authorized it. And then the power that the Congress in the 1933 gave to FDR is still there for Joe Biden to use today. And it's the same with Harry Truman and Dwight Eisenhower and JFK right up to Joe Biden in every era. The Congress gives more authority to the president, making him or her more and more like a prince or a princess. Well, of course he is. Every time these clowns go anywhere, they roll out a red carpet for him on all the little boys and girls in their military drag salute. They are. They're, again, it's, it's, we are ruled by one tyrant and we're ruled by 3,000. Well, I said, you know, it, it's both sides right now. And correct. you go on to say this is really very I, I read this and I, I really want you to talk about this. 
No liberty-minded thinker I know of seriously argues today in favor of hereditary monarchy. Well, again, we have it when you look at the Bushes and one after another. It's one big club and you ain't in it. Little Andy Cuomo, the list goes on. But many of us are fearful of an out-of-control democracy, which is what we have in America today. I say tyranny because there remain in our federal structure a few safeguards against runaway federal tyranny, such as the equal state representation in the Senate, the Electoral College, the state control of federal elections, and life-tenured federal judges and justices. And then you go on to say, of course, the Senate, as originally crafted, did not consist of popularly elected senators. Rather, they were appointed by state legislators to represent the sovereign state as states, not the people in them. Could you explain that? So James Madison's genius was to construct a federal table with three sides. At one side was the president, the concept of nationhood or statehood. On the second side was the people in the House of Representatives. On the third side were the states. Remember, as Ronald Reagan said in his first inaugural address, the states formed the federal government and not the other way around. The federal government existed when each of the 13 states ceded away a little bit of their authority to uh, the federal government. By the way, if I had been the drafter of that speech for him, I would have added the following line. And the power that the states voluntarily gave to the federal government, they can take back. That line is not in there, but if I drafted it, I would have pressed him uh, to uh, to add that line. When Woodrow Wilson uh, and the progressives in that era, Republicans and Democrats, Teddy Roosevelt was as much a proponent of this as was Woodrow Wilson, uh, voted for the 17th Amendment to make the senators popularly elected. It became a glorified House of Representatives. It didn't represent the states as sovereign states. It was just a House of Representatives all over again, but for six years instead of uh, two. So the needs of the states, their recognition as sovereign entities, their ability to nullify federal behavior inconsistent with the federal constitution, all of that went away like that with wow. that amendment. Wow. You have so much in this article, and this will be out tomorrow. And again, for more information, you go to the judge's uh, channel. And um, it's uh, Judging Freedom. And he has great, great interviews. www.judgenap.com. And you go on also to say uh, about, um, I, I didn't understand this. Had Madison been alive during the presidency of the anti-Madison Woodrow Wilson, who gave us World War I, the Federal Reserve, and the administrative state. The popular election of senators and the federal income tax, he would have recoiled at a president destroying the three-sided table, which you just talked about. What's the administrative state? Ah, that's the, uh, the FDA, the EPA, that area uh, of the government that never the Federal Reserve, it never changes no matter who's uh, in the White House. It's not recognized in the Constitution. It's neither fish nor fowl. They write their own regulations, like the FDA can regulate uh, a mud puddle. They enforce their own regulations. They interpret their own regulations, and they punish people for violating their own regulations. 
they're really, as I said, alien to the Constitution, but they get bigger and bigger and bigger. They employ uh, probably a half a million, uh, excuse me, they uh, employ, right, about a half a million people. They're the permanent bureaucracy in Washington, D.C., that really runs the instrument of government, and they don't change no matter who's in power. Even when Donald Trump uh, appointed a more rational-minded head of the EPA, they still came out with these uh, crazy regulations preventing you from building uh, on your own property. The FDA, you and I have railed against uh, vaccines and mask mandates. The FDA is is the ones that are responsible for all of that. The FDA under Donald Trump the most anti-administrative state president in the modern era still was saddled and burdened with all the laws that previous Congresses have written that gave all this authority to the administrative state. Wilson's idea was the people are too stupid to govern themselves. They (laughs) need experts. So let's hire doctors in the FDA. Let's hire scientists in the Uh, in the EPA. Let's hire engineers in the Federal Trade Commission to figure out the best way to get goods from New York uh, to California. All these experts will tell us how to live, and they they won't have to run for office. They won't be subject to politics. It's a disaster. It's a constant bureaucracy that never changes. It's big government spending and growing and regulating more and more and more with every tick of the clock. A constant bureaucracy. It never changes. It just gets bigger and bigger. So what are we going to do? How are we going to change this? Because we just well, had- if Bobby Kennedy is elected president of the United States. One aspect of this administrative state is the CIA. I didn't even talk about the intelligence and law enforcement. The FBI and the CIA are examples of this. They don't change no matter who is the head of them. If Bobby Kennedy is elected president of the United States. There will be no money for the CIA and their budget. So after a year or so, because their budget is always a year behind, uh, they'll go out of business. I don't know what he'll do uh, with the FBI, but I'm sure he will curtail them uh, significantly. He's the only one saying those things. Donald Trump and uh, Ron DeSantis are both saying, although DeSantis has walked back on this because the big government Republicans jumped down his throat. Um, we shouldn't be in the war uh, in Ukraine. Bobby Kennedy, of course, takes the same view. Bobby Kennedy will pardon Julian Assange and, quote, build a statue for him in Washington, D.C. Not my words, Bobby's words. He is the last best hope for shrinking the government down to the size that the Constitution prescribes for it. Well, uh, as you know, I really believe that RFK Jr. will be the next president of the United States, minus a wild card, because you can never predict the wild cards that will be played. And one of the wild cards are, when all else fails, as you know, I say they take you to war. And this war in Ukraine, they just keep ramping it up and ramping it up, And now the baloney being spilled out by this guy who's playing, who used to be a sitcom actor in Ukraine and played the piano with his penis. There he is over there, Zelensky. I'm not making this up. Uh, He's saying now that Russia's going to bomb the nuclear power plant that they're in control of. And that's making all the news. 
And week after week, we're seeing more and more articles coming out about the possibility of a nuclear exchange. If this happens, it's the end of life on Earth. It will probably happen if it happens with the Ukrainians bombing their own nuclear uh, facility so as to enrage NATO. Now, NATO's, Gerald, you're talking about something that could happen as we speak. NATO is meeting on July 11th. That's next Tuesday. If he plans to enrage NATO, his people will attack that nuclear facility before July 11th. So there's time for the damage to be done and the rage to be uh, generated. This could happen any hour now. And there's any hour. Yep. And there's there's virtually no pushback in the media. You're not allowed to talk about it. And the stupidity, again, didn't you know that Russia bombed its own Nord Stream pipeline? <laughs> Did yeah, right. you Russia, know? Russia Russia wanted to stop selling natural gas to Northern Europe. So instead of turning it off, it destroyed the pipeline. And this just doesn't make any sense at all. We all have seen Cy Hirsch's research, which the mainstream media rejects because he beat them to the punch. Yep. That the United States was behind this. And then then they blew up that dam in the hydroelectric plant, which the Russians were in control of. But of course, the Russians killed their own people and blew up their own plant that they were in charge of, according to Zelensky. And now Zelensky, and they keep repeating it in the media over and over and over, says that Russia's going to blow up the nuclear power plant that they're in control of. So they're going to kill more people. Oh, and, and, you know, and of course, Russia wants to blow up the nuclear power plant because the wind doesn't blow toward Russia at all or Crimea. No, it only stays in Ukraine. I mean, this is insanity and there's no pushback about it. We no. are on the verge of nuclear destruction. The only person who tells the truth, the only combatant, the only head of state who tells the truth in all of this, I never thought I'd say it, but I believe it in my heart, is Vladimir Putin. Zelensky cannot be believed. He will lie, cheat, deceive, and kill in order to drag uh, NATO uh, into this war. And it seems as though he's on the verge of a, of a false flag. Uh, yes. of an attack on this nuclear power plant, and then he will blame, he will blame uh, Putin. So and now going say, back it, to it, the it election. Would be ins- it would be insane uh, for Putin to do that. And Putin is many things. He's not insane. He's a smart, patient guy. So now looking at this, going back to the 2024 elections, as I say, when all those fails, they take you to war. And Biden has a perfect track record of being a warmonger all his life. Yes. Well, it, it's his only hope uh, for re-election yes. is that he is a wartime president and the war is popular in the United States. Gerald, believe it or not, the war is popular in the yep. United States until American boys come home in body bags. Then, then you'll see a radical... No. No, 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 you don't see, you're not allowed to show the body bags. You forgot? I did forget. Remember, they did that with the Iraq war. Yes. That's George George W. and uh, Dick Cheney. Yep. Under the First Amendment, 
the media can take pictures of whatever it wants, which are not allowed on a military base when those coffins are coming out of the uh, cargo planes. No, no cameras there. Yep. So it's not like the Vietnam War where they showed all this. Where they call these little clowns embedded reporters. You had to be an embedded reporter in order to go to the war front. Yeah, you're in bed with the clowns running the show. Embedded. And, and so what I'm saying is that the people have no idea what's going on, how dangerous this is, and how we are on the cusp of nuclear destruction. Right. All because of the, uh, um, the empire-building, bellicose attitude in the United States State Department, which has been there since 1947, uh, which was instigated by Harry Truman, who in 1963 condemned what the State Department and the CIA became. And by then, the elites wouldn't listen to him. He's just a withered old man who died a few years later. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Truman at all. No. I I think they dropping the atomic bombs bombs made him a mass murderer. But he did live to regret and to condemn what he started in 1947 with the CIA. Yeah. You know, Judge, everybody listening here, you know, please, you know, hit your like button, subscribe, you know, really spread the word. There's nobody, what Judge Napolitano is saying, that the information he has, the knowledge and the truth is that you can't find us anywhere else. And again, go to the judge's channel for more judging freedom. He has great interviews with great people as well. Judge, thanks so much for being here. And um, again, here we are on July 5th, and we talked about Independence Day something that's long been lost. We've lost our independence. Well, we become, as I say it, our plantation workers on the global plantation of slave landia. So judge, see you next week. Thanks so Thank much. You. Thank you, Gerald. Always a pleasure to no know what we talk about. All the best.